For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Recorded live. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Indy Power Rankings Tag Team Top 5 Reveal for the week of July 24th, 2017. I'm your host, Travis, uh, and here I am joining you guys once again for like a four straight week. That's got to be a record for quite some time anyway. Um, last week, we spoke to Samantha Heights. The week before, Amber Nova. And this week, in about five minutes' time, we'll have uh, last week's number one and the current Shine Nova champion, Priscilla Kelly, coming on to uh, talk about her big victory last week, her number one ranking, uh, and you know whatever else we can jam into uh, the time allotted. So first, let's get into why we do the show. It's the Tag Team Top 5 Reveal. Uh, revealing the top five teams along with the People's Champs for the week of July 24th, 2017. Uh, People's Champs this week, they won the online voting competition. 61 votes collected uh, for this team. It's Brock Hall and Logan Lynch, which which means ACW Wisconsin swept the uh, polls this week as they uh, had the Sadist uh, win the uh, singles voting, and Brock Hall, Brock Hall and Logan Lynch, the ACW Wisconsin Tag Team Champions, who defeated the Dream Police on July 22nd to win those titles. They win the uh, tag team voting quite easily, uh, at least as far as the polls go. Next up, you've got at number five, Two Infinity and Beyond. This is a team we're obviously familiar with. It's Cheech and Colin Delaney, the absolute intense wrestling tag team champions. Uh, they picked up a big win to get the number five ranking. They defeated Crazy Pain, Ninja Elite Squad, and Laredo Kid and DJZ in a four-way on July 21st to retain those titles. Going to the number four spot, again, it was one victory. See, this was a week where a lot of teams were just getting one win, so that's kind of how this worked. But anyway, number four, Berserk, L. Lindemann, Shingo Takagi, and Takashi Yoshida. The uh, Open the Triangle Gate champions out there in Dragon Gate. They defeated the Jimmys, Ginky Horiguchi, H-A-G, me, Jimmy Susumu, and Ryo Jimmy Saito at Dragon Gate on 723 to retain those titles. So they get the number four spot with that victory. Again, we're talking one-win weekends for just about every team here. Um, Polo Promotions gets the number three ranking. Jackie Polo and Mark Coffey, the Target Wrestling and new Pro Wrestling Elite Tag Team Champions defeated the UK Hooligans. You may know them as Roy and Zach Knight. Uh, and the NAK, Chris Renfrew and BT Gunn at PWE on July 22nd to win those titles. So big win for them. Gets them the number three ranking. It's a team you've seen before, obviously. Uh, and, well, here they are. All right. So sitting at number two, uh, Rapongi Vice. Uh, and this is a team who... Uh, did really well in the official ballots. They came really close to getting number one, but they end up with number two. And this is a team uh, in New Japan, at least. It looked like they were never going to team again. But at Wrestle Circus, they are the big top tag team champions. Got to uh, watch them on uh, Twitch the other day. I highly recommend you check out their shows when you get the chance. 
they knocked off one of the premier tag teams anywhere right now, and you saw them in the Tag Team Top 50 mid-year update, and you'll see them again by the end of the year. I'm sure it's the Lucha Brothers, Ray Phoenix and Penta L0M. And, again, they beat them at Wrestle Circus on July 22nd to retain those titles. So uh, you will see them teaming until they lose those titles, and they've got Adam Cole and Britt Baker coming up uh, next month. So uh, be on the lookout for that. We'll see if they can continue this uh, – uh, you know, late surge by them. All right, number one team, and it's the first time they've done it. It's Mustache Mountain, two-thirds of the British Strong Style uh, trio. Uh, this is Trent Seven and Tyler Bate. Uh, they are the Progress World Tag Team Champions, and uh, they pick up a victory over War Machine, the IWGP Tag Team Champions, on July 23rd to retain those titles, and uh, that got them a number one. Again, this week was all about teams who had just one win, but they were all, you know, big wins up and down the top five. So, you know, with those wins all the way throughout the whole thing, uh, you you ended up with the, the rankings for this week. It wasn't a week that was about tournaments uh, or all sorts of other things. It was really just about huge wins, um, title defenses, title wins, and everything else. So, uh, coming on in about just a few seconds is Priscilla Kelly, the number one ranking from last week in the Indy Power Rankings. Priscilla, what's up? Hi. <laughs> so you were like wait, riding a, a roller coaster of momentum. First, you know, you win the Shine uh, Nova tournament to win that title. And then you get a unanimous number one ranking last week. Like every official voter went Priscilla Kelly on their ballot. You won four matches in one weekend. Is that the most matches you've ever had in one weekend? Um, man, now you've got me thinking about it. I didn't even think about yeah. that. Uh, maybe, probably. Uh, it was definitely one of the one of the more intense weekends I've had yet. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I could definitely see that from watching it at home. I mean, you know, the emote. Talk a little bit about the weekend. Um, all right, everybody, you know, is like, oh, wrestling's work, and, and they want to, like, get on people like Kevin Owens when he wins the Universal title and, you know, his kid gets emotional. But it was obvious that you were emotional, too, and everybody can say whatever they want about wrestling, but it's obvious that that title went, meant something to you. Yeah. Um, it, it's for a few different reasons, actually. So it, obviously my wrestling career it started with, you know, my brother and stuff, so it was part of it feeling like, you know, my brother – looks up to me and have an accomplishment like that to bring home and show him. And, you know, in his heart, he can, his big sister did something. And then on top of that, like my first, my first year and a half to two years in the business um, was very difficult for me because I had a lot of people coming down on me. I had a lot of people doubting me, telling me that I would never do anything, that I would never leave the state of Georgia, that I wouldn't, you know, that I would just, be garbage for the rest of my career and uh so dealing with all of that kind of stuff it it kind of it kind of just made me feel like you know none of that was true and (laughs) me sticking with it really really paid off and um it it's one of those things where like any time I meet somebody that is going through it or is having a hard time in the business early on I can tell them hey you know Take it from me. If you stick with it, I promise you, things will you will go places. You just go stay with it. 
Now, I've, I know a lot of people that have wrestled in the state of Georgia and a lot of people that have wrestled in, like, the state of Tennessee, and it all seems like the same mindset in that area. You've got the people that you call, you know, the 40-milers. Those are the ones that like to say the things that you were talking about. They probably discouraged you. Um, they, they probably said you weren't going to amount to anything. I don't know who did it, but I can imagine that there's, you know, a lot of people like that uh, in Southern wrestling. And, again, I don't want to paint Southern wrestling in a bad light, but it just seems to be more prevalent there. But maybe it's just because I'm more familiar with it. Talk a little bit about, you know, kind of overcoming the stigma of, of, you know, the idea that so many people down there don't get out of the territory they get stuck in. I think what it is is a lot of people – when they first break in the business, they don't know anything about, they don't know anything about the independence. So, I mean, there's, I wouldn't say hardly anybody in Georgia even knows what Evolve is or what Shine is. And if they do know, they don't really know much about it. You know, they don't really know what's outside of the state and, you know, the few surrounding states, if that. And because when I first got in the business, I didn't think there was anything outside of, the company that I originally started in, in WWE. That's all I thought there was. <laughs> so, like, whenever I left um, the company that I first broke into the business with, I thought that was it. Like, I didn't know that there was other places. And then, you know, obviously I met more people um, when I was uh, when I first started out from managing. I would go to different shows, and I would meet more people, and those people would introduce me to different shows. And then you know, it kind of grows from there. But I think a lot of people just don't know that there is anything outside of Georgia. And I think that's why a lot of them just think think that they're hitting big time if they're hitting the biggest show in Georgia, if that makes sense. No, it does. But it's kind of crazy, though, you know, that Georgia is so close to Florida and that there's still that mindset there that there's nothing else for you, you know, because Florida's just, I mean, we all know this. If you watch NXT, if you watch anything that's going on right now, Florida's like the hub of professional wrestling. I talked about that with Amber Nova a couple weeks ago, and, you know, I'm talking about it with you now. It's just hard to believe that there's still people with that mindset. You know, you're that close to Florida with all these promotions, WWN Live, running all the time down there. And there's still people who think you can't get out of Georgia. Yeah. And again, it might be a thing where a lot of people just don't want to make drives and don't want to risk or lose a little bit to get some notoriety or exposure. And, you know, obviously, like, don't abuse that. But my first, probably my first full two years in the business because I mean I was in the in, in business for a year as a manager before I actually wrestled but my first two years like I would drive up and down for exposure um and you know there's times you know you have to do that and then once you do that and you build your name somewhere then that's when you start making something for yourself and I don't think a lot of people understand that now, I know you're always paying dues in the business I get that but you know once you kind of get over that hump of the, where you're I don't know, driving the boys around or driving whoever's training you around for however long you need to do it. Um, do you get met with any kind of resentment, you know, once you kind of get over that hump? Or do people immediately accept you because you've paid your dues? You know, because some people think that, uh, you know, oh, you've only been there two years, you're getting too much too soon, that type of thing. I'm just wondering, you know, because you're blowing up right now, I think, and, you know, you may feel differently, but I feel like you are, and it's pretty quick um, how quickly you've blown up in the wrestling business. And I'm just wondering how people have reacted to that, especially some of the quote-unquote vets that are around. Um, I'm sure people say stuff because, I mean, there's always been somebody to say something about me since I started because, I mean, 
you know, I, I won't get into it because I don't really like to talk about it too much, but, um, you know, obviously I, I did a TV show before I started wrestling and, and that haunts me to this day because people swear that, you know, the only reason that I have anything that I have is because of that reality show. And that is not true. When I first started and I was managing and I didn't have any sort of name for myself, did people use that a little bit to promote me? Yes. But as far as where I am in wrestling today, it's not because of that. So, I mean, people have always been trying to find something to pick at. And the thing that I guess I will say about getting a lot really early and as young as I am, it's you just have to do it intelligently because there's people that will be handed a lot really early. And I feel like, you know, because they're immature or, you know, don't know how to take it, they immediately get a big head and walk around expecting everything from everybody, expecting a $300 payout four hours away from home. You know what I mean? Like, I think a lot of people take it really too far. And, and the p- important part is, is not to take yourself too seriously and just to always be grateful for everything. And that's, that's all I've ever been. And, you know, I, I, I tell Sal and I, I tell Gabe from WWN all the time. I'm just like, you know, thank you guys for everything. Cause like, you know, even my trainer, I tell him every day because, you know, you have to remember where you come from, where you start. And I think a lot of people just forget that. Yeah, absolutely. And you see it all over the place now, you know, people forgetting where they came from or, or just, you know, not thankful for the people that got them there. Um, what I'm curious about with you is because you had that background, um, obviously, you know, I don't think anything was handed to you, but I, my question is the opposite. Do you feel like you had to work harder because of it? Even, even if it's not true, I mean, in your own mind, are you feeling like you're always having to work that much harder to kind of, I don't know, get you know, get that um, idea out of people's minds? Um, I mean, it took me a long time because, like, I used to sit and beat myself up over what every, every little thing everybody used to say about me on the Internet or in person. And, you know, I kind of grew to a point where – I just had to say F everybody and what they think mm-hmm. or say about me. And, you know, when I, when I started having that mentality, um, that's when I actually started seeing myself as more successful, um, not just mentally, but, you know, in what I'm doing as well. So um, it's one of those things where, like, I don't really care if they do think it or don't, um, but I feel like, I feel like I work hard to to make my people back home that, you know, trained me and got me my start proud. And I work hard because, um, because I, I just, I just can't do stuff the lazy way. I don't know how, like, like, I feel like if I'm not going out there killing myself, then, you know, I'm not, I'm not showing what Priscilla Kelly can do. Um, and every show that I work, I like everybody to, you know, leave the show knowing that, okay, that's what Priscilla Kelly is. You know, she doesn't go out there and, you know, half-ass stuff. She, you know, will go out there. She will help set up and tear down, and she will go out there and work a hell of a match. And that that's just the memory that I want everybody to remember me by, uh, you know. That, well, that sounds terrible. But, you know, if I, if anything was to happen negatively or positively where I wouldn't be on the independence or whatever, I would want people to always know that I was a hard worker and that I didn't slack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, 
you've you've had tur- I mean you've won two tournaments this year. You got a number two ranking from winning the uh, GPW Together We Fight tournament earlier this year, and then the Cheyenne tournament or Nova tournament uh, last weekend. Um, so talk about I mean how did you took now if I'm not mistaken you were off this past weekend or am I incorrect in that? No, I was off. Did you need the time, or would you have been ready to go again? Because, I mean, four matches, every one of them pretty grueling as far as I could tell. Um, and, again, I, you and I aren't sure if this is the actual stat or not, but four matches in a weekend we think is probably your most, right? Yeah, probably so. Um, but, uh, you know, like, I probably didn't. Okay, physically, maybe I might have needed the time, but I didn't feel it. I like to take a weekend off every now and then because I, you know, I do like to spend time with my family and, you know, my brother is really important in my life. And this past weekend was the first time I've got to spend time with my brother in probably a good two months. So it's, it's needed. It's necessary for those types of things in my life. Is it harder to find those weekends now that, you know, that your name's getting out there more and more and you're probably more in demand with a, a lot of promotions down there? It is because um, any weekend that I have off, um, I'm with my brother, you know, and and it's so hard to be able to see him that it's very stressful because it's like, you know, I've got this little boy calling me like every other day. It's like, hey, when can I come over? When can you come see me? And it's like, oh, well, I've got a show this weekend. I've got a show. You know, and I, and I love the shows and I, you know, I, I love getting work and getting out there and, you know, wrestling because, you know. If I did two weekends back to back, I wouldn't know what to do with myself. But, um, but I mean, it's hard. But uh, I mean, I was actually supposed to work last week, and I was supposed to be in Ohio, but I that kind of fell apart because <laughs> the the guy promoting the show just never got in contact back with me, and it was it was a really weird situation actually. So I just didn't go. But, um, but yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> well, that's wrestling for you. You know, there's always that random promotion where you get the weird crap going on. But you know, that that's you know, at least you got a weekend off. You got to spend time with him. Can you talk a little bit more about that? I mean, you you've mentioned it several times on here, and I just wanted to kind of get into it for the people that maybe weren't familiar with with how close you are with your brother. I know that you actually you know became interested in wrestling because of him and an Undertaker figure that he had gotten, and you know an obsession with pirates. You know, tell that story. <laughs> Yeah, he, uh, um, so my brother's, um, he's autistic and, and he also, um, he had a compulsive, he had OCD. So he, um, when he found something that he liked, you know, he was very compulsive about it and had to have it. And, um, he was like obsessed with pirates, uh, a few years back, uh, several years back now. Um, and, you know, he found the Undertaker figure and he, he thought it was a pirate, didn't know anything about wrestling and, I had to do my research and, you know, I went out, bought the DVD sets and we watched Undertaker as long as, as, as well as, um, you know, as a wrestling religiously for a couple years. And then, uh, he had his birthday party at a show, like a little independent, um, promotion in Georgia. And I started training and, you know, that was it. <laughs> Um, so 
you know, a lot of a lot of times people with autism they have issues with going to shows. Now I know multiple people with autism that go to wrestling shows around here, and you know, they, sometimes they'll have to bring headphones or whatever it may be to to help them get through the experience. How does he do? You know, is it is it tough for him, or, or does he know how to, or do you do you all know how to work around it? Um, I think. See, my parents actually took him the first time he ever went to a show. I actually stayed home with my granny. So I didn't actually see, but they told me that he had a hard time at his very first one, but he was, you know, he's very young. He's probably three or four years old, I think, maybe five. Um, but I mean, past that first time, I think he understood like, hey, this is what it is. Um, which now, you know, it's it's harder now that I'm actually, I wrestle because when it comes time for me to go in the locker room, he kind of just hangs out, you know, He'll usually find somebody to, like, hang out with, either, like, the lady that does photography here in Georgia, her son, or, you know, whatever. But it's it's sad because I'll, I'll like, sit and watch from the locker room, this little mopey kid just waiting on me to come out. Um, but, no, he does well with it. Um, he'll be 10 pretty soon. So, I mean, I guess that came with getting older because he does have, I think, I think his sensory issues kind of got overgrown by his like missing me being around kind of thing. Cause he gets really like antsy whenever, whenever I have to go to the locker room and tell him, okay, I'll be, I'll be out when I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I can understand that. And then, you know, one of the things that I was thinking about is um, how much perceptions have changed of, of autism. You know, I mean, he's, ten, he's going to be 10, right. And, um, even over the last five years or so, I'd say people have become more sensitive and understanding of autism. And, I mean, you're obviously clearly really, really close with him. Can you talk a little bit about that? I know we're getting off the beaten path of wrestling, but sometimes it's good to talk about real life. Um, can you talk a little bit about how perceptions have changed and people are taking this more seriously? Because, you know, even 20 years ago, people would acted like, oh, well, you know, you just would have spank, you, you just spank your kid more or something stupid like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, when he was younger, um, I would say from the age of like, when we found out uh, that he was autistic, I think when he was about two, like two, two and a half, three. And whenever we found out, uh, we had to get business cards printed out that said, um, basically, my child has autism. So spare me your dirty looks. We are doing our best. And well, it didn't say that exactly, but it was basically something like that because my brother, you know, would either, whether it was just a sensory issue or some kind of, you know, compulsion, like he would just, you know, have these little fits from time to time and they weren't really fixable. You kind of just had to calm him down the best you could. And people would give us, you know, horrible, dirty looks and they would say stuff to us and, you know, basically just think that, you know, my mom and dad were just bad parents or that I was just bad sister or whatever it was. And, we would have to hand people these business cards just to, you know, you know, make them look the other way. And, um, uh, you know, now, now it's a little easier because I mean, now he's older and, you know, obviously he's not, you know, a little baby that's crying and throwing fits, but he still has, he still has his moments, um, which, you know, now he's I think a little easier. Cause like, out of everybody in my family, including both of my parents and my grandparents, 
I've always been the only person that can really get through to him when the bad moments come, and I'm the only one that can really bring him out of that. So, you know, nowadays I think it's a little easier and stuff. But well, you're, I mean this in the in a positive way, but you're a different kind of person. You know what I mean? You're, you're, you don't fit in with the crowd. And uh, <laughs> do you think maybe that's why, you know, he connects to you in the way that he does? Um, maybe so. Um, I've just, when, when I want to, and this is going to kind of sound crazy, seeing as how I'm an insane person in the ring, I, when I want to, I can really be a calming person, or at least with him, I can be a really calming person, and, um, I think that's part of it, is I've always been the one that's patient with him over everybody, um, but also, it's a big part of, you know, he looks up to me and he thinks that I'm cool, I guess. Because he, uh, you know, like I grew up on a lot of bands and whatnot. And now he's, you know, he's wanting me to buy him, you know, band shirts. And, you know, he wants to dress like all in black. And he, he wants to be like his big sister. And I think it's, I think it's adorable. And we literally went out this past weekend and he wanted us to get him um, a My Chemical Romance t-shirt and a backpack. And it's, you know, it's right around, it's a little younger, about his age. So when I started getting into all that stuff myself, so to see him basically become a little boy version of me is it's heartwarming. So what does he say about you wrestling? Aside from, you know, just, uh, it's got to be really cool. But at the same time, can you tell me like, specific things he says to you, um, you know, after you wrestle or if he gets to watch your matches type of thing? Um, you Well, now his big thing is he'll tell me before I come out, if he's at a show with me, he'll be like, hey, can you give me a hug when you come out? And I'm like, all right. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I break this crazy, you know, sexual character to give my little brother a hug, and that's fine. <laughs> um, but, you know, he... It's encouraging most of the time. Um, there's actually footage somewhere on YouTube where um, a friend of mine was sitting next to my brother uh, in the bleachers during one of, it was a, I think a UIW show, and I was actually wrestling, I was actually wrestling Kimberly, and you can hear my brother just trash talking me the whole time. Because like somebody, I guess somebody in the crowd had said, "Oh, she's so pretty," and then my brother, you could hear him going, "You should see her in the morning. She's awful." <laughs> so, I mean, he's definitely he's got attitude, but I mean, at the end of the day, you know, he supports me, and if he thinks I'm hurt, I mean, there was a, I think it was, um, it was maybe two matches in, and I was a, uh, I was working an AWE show, and I I had took a lariat from my trainer murder one in the show and uh chip day had carried me to the back i think if i remember that correctly um somebody carried me to the back and i i'm like obviously you know unconscious and my arm is dangling down and i just feel this tiny little clammy hand grab mine and follow me to the back and i guess it was him because he you know was checking on me but He's always there, you know, if, I, if I'm hurt or anything. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's got to be good to have that kind of support system, you know. I mean, even if it's from a 10-year-old boy, you know what I mean? Like, just, just the fact that you know somebody cares what's going on outside of just the character. Yeah. Okay, so you, you you brought it up, and I know you probably talk about it in every single interview you get into, but I, I'm just, okay, so the sexuality wouldn't have been a big deal like seven, ten years ago. I mean, because that's what res, women's wrestling was about at the time. Now, you know, the lines blurred a little bit. Sometimes it's like people are weird about showing their sexuality. I don't see a problem with it at all, because it only makes sense to me. If you're trying to get people to watch something, you use everything at your disposal, that, you know, within reason, and you use your sexuality. Nothing wrong with that at, at, at all. But, you know, again, we're in a – well, two things. We're in a different society than we were maybe 10 years ago. We're in a different business than we were 10 years ago. I mean, what's, mm-hmm. what's that been like as far as the business goes? Do you get – I mean, do you get the people that think you're going over the line with the stuff you're doing? I mean, you are kind of wrestling in the Bible belt, so <laughs> I was just curious. <laughs> yeah, uh yeah, I've got – there's some people that love it and there's some people that hate it. Um, I don't necessarily do it, uh, or I try not to, in a way that it's like, oh, look at my boobs, look at my butt. Like, I'm so hot. Don't you want to go home and think about me in bed? Like, it's not like that. It's more meant to be uncomfortable. Like, it's meant to get under people's skin and in their heads. And, you know, it's meant to be a little messed up and twisted in a way um, rather than, you know – a porn star type of sexuality, you know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I think a lot of people don't quite understand that, but that's okay. Like, it's not really meant to be understood. It's it's just meant to make you go, like, what in the world? <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't like it. When I first, I mean, when I first, um, you know, started at Shine, I kind of, like, I didn't ask, and I just, it was probably bad, but I kind of just went out there and just did my thing. And, you know, I would get, I would get like third party comments back from people uh, in WWN and they would be like, what in the hell is that girl doing? Because <laughs> there would be gifts put out of me like licking somebody or grinding on somebody. And it obviously would get back to, um, you know, Gabe or Sal and they would just be like, all right, <laughs> um, and you know, I I haven't been told to stop, but you know, I it it's one of those things where they you know they always have something funny to say every time they see me. It seems. I'm curious to like okay fans reactions, and I don't mean the the usual fans that you'll see at Evolve or AWE. I'm I'm talking about like women's wrestling fans because women's wrestling fans are a different breed. Um, sometimes sometimes. Like this is gonna sound bad, but sometimes I think women's wrestling fans only like women's wrestling because they like the chicks, you know, for the sexuality itself. But then other times I'm like, no, I think they're just giving them a fair chance. And so I'm curious what kind of reactions you get from them. Do you get any reactions from, you know, like staunch women's wrestling fans that are saying, you know, you're you're making a mockery of women's wrestling or something like that? I only ask again because they're a different breed than normal independent wrestling fans, and sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, if anybody ever did think that I was trying to make a mockery of women's wrestling by my character, I would say to them, you know, um, besides my character work and what I do as far as the sexuality and the mind games, um, I also 
I'd like to think that I can bring it pretty well in the ring um, for for where I'm at. Um, and, you know, I always give my very best, no matter the situation or opponent that I'm given. And, you know, I always try to to show them that I'm not just a character. I also can, you know, I can wrestle. And, um, you know, but by no means am I the best in the world, but, you know, for two years in, I'm doing as good as I can. And um, I think that's the difference because there's a lot of people that do go out there and just solely rely on a crazy character or gimmick to get them over and can't do anything in the ring. Um, I've seen it a thousand times. I've seen girls that have, you know, been in the business for years based on solely, oh, look at my boobs and or look at my character, but I don't know how to do um, a drop-down leapfrog spot. Um, so, you know, there are those, and I... I am not those because my, my trainer was very, very brutal on me growing up. And he used to tell me, don't go out there trying to be, you know, all flashy and whatnot until you know how to properly, you know, work a headlock or, you know, run this spot. And that's, that's how I was brought up. You know, I was brought up as you don't do all this flashy stuff until you know your fundamentals and you know how to properly do them. And I think that's a lot of things that not just women, but I think men too, um, lack in you know, lack in the business is a lot of them are put out too young or or not taught or not too young, but too early. And you know, they're not taught like, hey, these are the fundamentals, you know, and you don't go out there and do this fancy arm drag before you know how to, you know, work a wrist lock for a minute or whatever it may be. And, you know, that might be and I'm not saying that I'm one of those people that is like, oh, you know, I'm old school. You know, I'm saying that, like, mm-hmm. I've seen people go out and don't know how to do anything. They don't know how to do a simple international spot, but can do some kind of crazy springboard, backflip, arm drag from the top. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't, I guess they were never taught the basics. Um, and... I think that's one thing that I can say that, like, was different about my training was was taught from the bottom up. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's that's something that I think is kind of lacking in the business right now. You always hear, you know, people are worried about flips and all this, but they haven't figured out how to do a wrist lock yet. But, you know, and it's funny, I, I, I thought about the hypocrisy of the question I asked you, because if you're a male wrestler, and this is probably true all the time, and you even did anything slightly like what you do, nobody would bat an eye. I mean, do you notice a hypocrisy there? Like, you know, if male wrestlers are doing things that are a little bit edgy, nothing over the line because you don't do anything that's over the line. It's not the type of thing where I would think WWE's looking at you, they're not going to hire you because of this stuff. It's not anything like that, and I would never think that um, unless mm-hmm. it went crazy, which it never has. But if it was a male wrestler, I don't even think, you know, like I would be asking you the questions about it because it was just, I guess... Again, I guess it's a societal thing or a, a wrestling thing where things have changed in women's wrestling, but in men's wrestling, it's been the norm for so long to do stuff like that. Um, maybe. Or, you know, maybe it's because I think if men do a sexualized gimmick, I think it's almost never taken seriously. Um, mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it's always going to be the, okay, this is a comedic, you know, act or this is, you know, the douchebag act or, you know, whatever it is, you know, it's 
it's never going to be taken seriously. And I feel like it's really odd, but like, um, as much as crazy as you know I can get, I feel like when it comes down to when I meet the fans after the show, you know, I feel like they you know they take me very seriously. Um, I'm not looked at I'm not looked at as a comedian, you know. And sometimes I can get a little comedic with it, but um, for the most part, it's it's not like I said, it's not meant to be a a oh, let me see what I can do to turn the guys in the crowd on. It's not, you know, what mm-hmm. can I do to just go out there and be crazy and over the top. It's more, it's just, it's more of the, the mind game. And I, I kind of just go out there and I feel it. And, you know, it just blossoms from there. So most people in wrestling have that kind of one rival, you know, that that they work with so much better than uh, others. Um and for you, I'm not sure if you have that yet. I was wondering, if, you know, your thoughts on that. Aria Blake is one that you've worked a lot with, and I was thinking it was maybe her, but you might have some different thoughts on it. Like, you know, a CM Punk was Colt Cabana or Chris Hero. What's Priscilla <laughs> Kelly's, uh, you know, opposition, or do you even feel like you have one yet? Oh, no, I definitely have one. <laughs> it's not Aria Blake. I've, I've had a few matches with Aria, but, you know, not enough to say that she's the Colt to my punk. Um but I, I've, so, uh, you probably know her. I'm sure, well, obviously you do. I'm sure, she, um, Kira Hogan, I have mm-hmm. basically been side by side with since my start, really. When, before me and her were both wrestling, we managed. And when we were managers, we, you know, we would cat fight and we would always have, you know, storyline together and and when we started wrestling it followed us into wrestling and we've kind of just been the never-ending feud of you know Kier and Priscilla so I've had more matches with that girl than I can even count uh, so literally when we wrestle it's it it's almost like it, it, I don't even know it's just it's just one of those things where like I could not even have an idea of you know what I want to do and I could just go out there and make something out of nothing with her. Um, so, yeah, she's definitely my, as people say, she's the one I'm married to in the business. <laughs> you talked about it. You talked about how you're both valets or managers before actually getting into the ring. You know, both of you are obviously doing quite well in the business right now, you know, not too long in. But, uh, I mean, do you think that's maybe a formula for success? I mean, I know it's not going to work for everybody, but um, at least for you two, it seems to be pretty successful. Yeah, I'm not sure, because, like, um, I would say, like, me and her, I think, help each other start, because, like, for the first year that me and her were wrestling, we were both, you know, we were both obviously still learning, and we were both obviously still, you know, a little shaky about stuff, so, you know, when we would wrestle, it was, we would grow together, and we still are growing together, I think, and it's, like, with with every match we get better and better and I think it's really cool to see to go back to our first match together and you know just see how much we've grown and I think you know having someone that you wrestle all the time like that that you're comfortable with you can really grow and get comfortable in the ring and get comfortable um with what you do that way and I think that I think that has helped both of us a lot um and I, you know, I would say that, you know, I think a big part of both of our starts came from being with each other so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it makes sense, too. Um, 
And then, you know, the other thing I was wondering about also, I talked to Samantha Heights last week because she had gotten to work with uh, cheerleader Melissa over at Shimmer. And, you know, a couple years in, is there anybody out there right now that's, you know, actively working or, or anybody you've come across already that you've gotten to wrestle that you're like, I am majorly intimidated either by their status or just by who they are, you know, physicality or otherwise? Hmm. I don't. I don't think there's anybody that I'm necessarily intimidated by. Uh, if there's ever somebody, if there's ever been somebody that's like really good at what they do or really strong or whatever it is, I think, I think I always just look at it as much more of a challenge than intimidation because, you know, regardless of what the match is, if I do have the match with that person, um, you know, I will always come out learning some, something. Um, and I think that's just, that's been the mindset towards uh, more established or bigger opponents. So September 15th, Shine 45. Um, I assume you'll be there. They don't have a card announced yet, obviously. We're two weeks, or, you know, two months away. But um, I'm assuming you're going to be there. And if you are, do you have an opponent picked out or one that you'd like to defend the title against? Um, I, don't, I don't have an opponent yet, but um, I will be there. Um, I don't know. I, it's hard, it's hard to say. Cause I mean, there's so, there's so many great, um, so much great talent on shine. And I, there's a lot of like newer girls from when I first came, it was like, you know, the established locker room of girls. And now it's a lot of new girls coming in. So, you know, it's, it's always going to be something unique and different now because of that. Um, so I don't know. It, it'll be a surprise to me, but uh, as soon as as soon as I get as soon as I get the uh, the uh, <laughs> as soon as I find out who I'm working, um, I will definitely announce it, and um, hopefully, whoever it is, it can be an awesome match. Because I mean, you're coming off of. I mean, it'll be a while from now, but you're coming off of a huge weekend for women's wrestling, so it's got to be, it's got to be, I feel like it's got to be something big to compete with the weekend that Shine just had. Yeah, those expectations. So t- talk a little bit about that, you know, because now you have expectations. I'm sure you've always had expectations, no matter what level they were. And they've gone up now, I have to assume. You know, you win four matches, you you win um, a a title, you're now, you know, a torchbearer, something that you may not have been used to before. So now you come in with expectations. People expect you to, you know, know, tear it up and be on one of the, the top matches of the card. Talk a little bit about that. You know, the transition from... Um, expecting, you know, your own expectations and now having extra added expectations? Um, I think, I think I would just treat it like, like any other time. Like, you know, obviously like I'm defending a belt now and, you know, that, it's a little bit more pressure, but I think it should be treated no different than any other time because, you know, why should I work any harder now than I ever have before? And why should I have not been working as hard back, you know, before I had a belt? Does that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. I think, you know, it should always be, you know, the very best that you can do. And you should always be putting the very most into every match. And like I said, that, that's all I've ever wanted to do and tried to do. And 
that's all I'm going to continue to do. So uh, I think, you know, the most important thing is not to get intimidated by holding a belt and not to get big-headed by holding a belt, but to remain the same, you know, hard-working uh, wrestler that, you know, you were and can be. Yeah. Uh, so at job interviews, they always like to ask the question, you know, where do you see yourself in five years? I won't go that far. I won't go five years with you. But let's say, you know, by the end of next year, do you have any goal, goals that you're trying to accomplish? I don't know how you have your career laid out in your mind or if you're just kind of like, you know, you seem like a person that just kind of goes with the flow. So, I mean, what's your thought process with, with wrestling? Um, I... I think I take every, I take everything that's handed to me, um, and you know I it's all that I think a person can do is just take everything that's handed to them and you know make the best out of what they're given at, in any situation and um, you know hopefully hopefully in a year two years um, I'd like to be going overseas I'd like to be expanding my horizons as far as like you know companies that I work for and opponents that I work um and you know I think that's that's you know this the goal right now is just to get out there more and get to some more countries <laughs> good goal to have absolutely all right so um I'm, I'm gonna throw some names out at you if you can give me some thoughts on each person uh it'd be really cool and I'd appreciate it. So, okay, I'm going to throw out the first one to you. Actually, it's a pair of names. So, uh, the Carnies, uh, Nick, Iggy, and Carrie Awful. Talk about them. Um, yeah, Carrie, Carrie and Nick, I think were a big part of my beginning, so to say. Um, uh, whenever I was about a year in wrestling, I think when I started, um, you know, with them, and they taught me so much, and you know I grew so much by being with them, and I feel like being with them really helped me find who I am as a wrestler and as a person and um you know for the rest of my life, they will be you know in that group of people that I will say I couldn't have done anything without um so you know they they were a big part of my career and me as a person. Yeah. Look, I I can't say any bad things about them ever. They're two of my favorite people in the entire business. So I just wanted to, you know, I had to, I had to throw it out there because I knew you'd have positive things to say about them too. And it's awesome to see them blowing up, you know, as much as they are. Cause you know, Mm -hmm. they started out with meager roots too. They're just team IOU, a boy and their dog, a boy and his dog. And now, you know, they're everywhere as the Carney, so it's pretty awesome to see. Mm-hmm. All right, let's see here. I'll uh, throw another name at you, and this will be a random one to me, but it's one that, that I think I think a lot of people owe a lot to in, in independent women's wrestling, uh, Mickey Knuckles. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, so, funny story about Mickey. Um, so, when I started, like, having matches, I, I asked my trainer, I, you know, I was like, hey, which he, you know, he also books uh, at Lynn Wrestling Entertainment. And, you know, by no means do I get any strings pulled because I'm his trainee. I, I think I'm actually, he's a little harder on me because of that. But I asked him for a year. I said, I said, murder, I really want to work Mickey Knuckles. 
<laughs> I said, please. I was like, for my birthday, I would love to. And, you know, he kind of just brushed it off and, you know, acted like it would never happen. And come a year later, on my birthday, actually, they ran a show and I got to wrestle Nikki and um, one of my favorite people and one of my favorite people to be in the ring with. I've only I've only wrestled her once, but uh, it was one of the more fun matches that I think I've ever had. And um, that was another match that I feel like I really... I grew from and learned a lot about myself and my wrestling from that match. And I, I desperately, desperately want to have another one with her. How hard does she hit and how hard does she hit? But, (laughs) (laughs) um, at that, at that point in, in wrestling, I was, you know, still needing to be broken in a little bit, um, which I mean, you know, I was always trained with guys, so I expected hard hits and, you know, they didn't surprise me. And before going into the match, you know, I was just like, all right, here we go. <laughs> and um, I think I I was braced for, you know, the I was braced for some hard hits that day. And I actually, you know, I think it was so much adrenaline and excitement just for the match that I just, it didn't bother me a bit. <laughs> but uh, she, she's definitely not a, a light hitter for sure <laughs> <laughs> you can tell that from sitting in an audience yeah she uh mm, it, it hurts sitting out there to be honest with you oh yeah okay tessa blanchard uh tessa i've wrestled tessa twice i think yeah uh <laughs> i had a triple threat with her and kiera at pwx like maybe four or five months into into uh my career and um i had a match with her last fall at the one of the awe roar shows and um it was that you know that was a very hard-hitting match um for sure because i actually got a little dental damage from that match but you know nonetheless uh it was a awesome match and she's you know awesome to work with and uh you know uh, like anybody else that i enjoy working i would love to do it again <laughs> All right. Since I know he's going to listen, Trevin Adams. <laughs> uh, Trevin is the worst human being in the world, and I would never talk to him. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> he is very sweaty, though. I try to catch him in his sweatiest moments and put it on Snapchat, and he hates me for that. But uh, <laughs> I think I feel like, uh, in all honesty, I feel like um, Trevin kind of always had faith in me from the moment I met him. He always seemed very hopeful for me. (laughs) Um, Even in times where I have thought that I, you know, wasn't doing anything or whatever, I feel like he's always reassured me that, you know, I'm good. (laughs) And uh, he has become, I think, one of my bestest friends um, in the WWN family. And he, uh, He's very awesome, even though he's sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, and this this one's not so much me just throwing a name at you. I wanted something specific because I know you get this all the time. It's changed from 
Well, I would assume that she, I'll let you talk about it, but originally I heard of Priscilla Kelly, oh, she looks just like Paige, blah, blah, and it was people being negative. Now I'm hearing it the other way. Like everybody's like, and I'm not saying anything negative about Paige. I don't even want to get into that situation. But people are like, oh, well, she could easily replace Paige. So can you just talk about your comparisons to Paige? I'll, I'll, I'll put it there so we don't get too, you know, uncomfortable with the questioning. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's been a thing since, because um, I mean, when I, when I first started, I tanned religiously, like I spray tanned before every show and I was like orange, you know, there's old pictures of me and I am just orange and it's awful. And I just, I hated tanning. I hated it. I hated feeling like, you know, I was not being my true self. I hated having to do it. It's expensive. And, you know, so finally I just, it took a long time, but I finally got comfortable with my own skin because, you know, I am very fair complected and, and it took me a long, long time to get comfortable with that and not feel like I have to cake on a bunch of bronzer and tanner just to be, you know, confident in myself. So it, you know, it, it sucks that it took me so long to get comfortable with being pale. And then I, I, once I let, you know, my natural skin shine, so to say, uh, I started getting bashed for, oh, you look like Paige. Oh, you want to be Paige. Because, you know, when I was tan, and you know, when I was tan, I used to have AJ Lee comparisons when I first started. Um, and, you know, I feel like there's always going to be somebody that somebody's going to compare you to. Because, I mean, uh, Tara Hogan, again, like she, she's got red hair. And she, but she, you know, obviously looks nothing like Eva Marie, but I mean, there were people that would, you know, be like, oh, you look just like Eva Marie. And it's like, no, she doesn't. (laughs) She's got red hair, but that's about it. And I feel like that's with anybody. Like, you know, you have red hair, you're Eva Marie, you have black hair and you're you're pale, you're you're Paige or, you know, whatever. Um, But, you know, by no means do I want to be, Paige's replacement and by no means am I trying to be her or be like her I'm trying to be myself and be comfortable in myself and you know it's taken me a long time to get to the point where I'm comfortable um, with with who I am and I think people should just kind of leave it alone and realize that hey I'm doing different things and she is doing different things and um, with two very different people. Well said. All right, well, I'll throw one last name at you, and you uh, just uh, take it and roll with it. Chip Day. Uh, <laughs> well, all right, so I guess if we're going more shoot on this one. You you go and, wherever you want with it. I won't make you go too far either way, so it's whatever you're comfortable with. Um, I mean, these have been mostly, you know, shoot answers for me anyways. He is, um, he's been a very big part of my life and my career as well. Um, he, uh, he supports me and, you know, he, he, you know, picks me up when I'm down and, you know, all the cliche crap, (laughs) but, uh, you know, without him, um, I don't think that I would have made it through a lot of a lot of the negative uh, stuff that I faced in the business, you know, as far as people saying the things that they said about me early on and, um, you know, all the times that I would sit and, 
you know, it sounds pathetic, but I mean, there were times where I would just sit and cry my eyes out, not feeling like I was good enough. And, and he, you know, without him, I don't think I would have made it through that. Um, and, uh, he's just, he's taught me a lot and he's, he's really been there by my side through everything that I think I have faced, uh, in wrestling. Um, so yeah, and he's, and, you know, he's, he's really, you know, doing his thing, too. And he just, obviously, everybody knows he's had that awesome match with um, Trevor Lee. And uh, he'll be at CWS this weekend. I think I might go with him. But, yeah, like, he's really, he's, he's, he, don't, he doesn't think so, I don't think. But he's a very strong-minded person um, because he, he's, he's stronger-minded than I am. And without that, like I said, I would... I would have been too weak to get through some of the things that I got through. And you, you talked about it, but underrated talent. You know, a few years ago, I thought he was going to blow up. He had some injury issues. And now he's kind of back on that train again, I feel like, where people are starting to notice him again. So I just wanted to, I don't know, get that out there. You can pass along the words because I, I think Chip Day is a hell of a talent. And I love seeing him get out there again. Not that he hasn't been doing it for the, for a while now, but, I mean, his name's getting mentioned more and more, whereas – it took a little while to build back up. So I love seeing that. And uh, I just wanted to throw that out there as kind of a, a last thing on him. Okay. Um, so if you could, do you mind throwing out your social media where everybody can follow you? T-shirts, all that BS. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, my Twitter is Priscilla Kelly underscore, because that's very original. And my Instagram is the T H E Priscilla Kelly. And, um, my Facebook is me, Priscilla Kelly, too. And, um, yeah, my T-shirts as of right now, um, I'm with Fully Gimmicked, but I will have them at every show that I am at. And I also have 8 by 10 pins and stickers. There you go. Um, and this weekend you said you might be at PWX. I didn't really mean anything wrestling-wise. But your schedule coming up, do you have anything you can announce for us? Um, yeah, this weekend, this Sunday, I will be at AWE in Atlanta. And next weekend I will be at FIP and Style Battle. And then, um, obviously, Shine on September 15th. Um, got AWS coming up. I forgot the date on that. I really need to <laughs> figure out when that is. I'm not very good at what I do, am I? But um, <laughs> And I've got WrestleLicious coming up as well. So I've got a lot. Which I, I, pu- I push everything on my social media. So if you follow me on Twitter um, and my Instagram, that's the two things that I'm really big on. Um, I will post any updates or posters or announcements on there. So There you go. And by the way, and last thing, do you consider AWE to be still your home promotion or are you thinking WWN Live is your home now? Um I know hard. that's hard, right? Well, you it can just is. say they both are. That's good enough. Um well, yeah, they both are cuz I mean, when I'm at AWE, I feel like I'm I'm at home and when I'm with WWN, I feel like I'm at home. So I think, and we actually had a joint show not too long ago, the AWE Evolved Doubleheader, and it was just, it was a really great, great show, because for me, it was like everybody that I love in one building, and I was so happy about it, because I mean, I've grown very, I've grown very attached to, you know, everyone, and you know, even in the locker room of WWN shows like Evolve and whatnot, you know, when I first came to Evolve, I thought, I thought it was going to be kind of looked at as, oh, she's a girl, she doesn't belong here, and I I've actually grown to be very very good friends with some of those men and they 
I feel like they have took on the role, some of them, as my big brother. And they, they're they just so great to me and so welcoming. And, you know, obviously Gabe and Sal and Trevin and, and you know, everybody has just always been so welcoming and so just so awesome. And I love everybody there. And I know I sound like such a such a weirdo, but, like, when I came into, you know, Evolve and FIP and Shine, I didn't expect um, – I didn't expect it to be so welcoming. I really didn't. I did, you know, I'm this young kid that's just, you know, trying to make it and I'm doing these, you know, what I what I consider to be these really big shows and I didn't expect everybody to be so welcoming. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And you know, again, you uh well, I'll tell you what, you were awesome to talk to. I really enjoyed it and you know, Crazy as you may be in the ring, you're fun to talk to. So in about ooh, five five months or so, we'll we'll do the IPR 100, and I kind of think you're going to be in the top 100 this year for sure, considering you've already had a number one ranking this year. So uh, I just want to wish you the best of luck, and then hopefully we can talk in a few months, okay? Yeah, sure. Thank you. Thanks again, Priscilla. Take care, and good luck with everything. You too. Thank you so much. All right. And everybody, that was the Shine Nova champion, uh, Priscilla Kelly, also last week's number one in the Indy Power Rankings. Um, total sweetheart, fun to talk to. Uh, we've had a good string here. I don't know what we have next week yet. I'll find something. It, we're either going to do a Hype Central or we'll get somebody in the program. Uh, uh, you know, you know, it, it's one of those things where we just kind of book on the fly. But again, I want to thank Priscilla Kelly. I want to thank Trevin Adams, WWN Live, and everyone who helped put this together. So, again, thanks again to Priscilla Kelly, last week's number one in the Indie Power Rankings. For this week's list, you can go to indiepowerrankingsipr.wordpress.com. You can find us on Twitter at Indie Power Ranking. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Indie Power Rankings. Instagram at Indie Power Rankings. Uh, think that's about it prowrestlingtees.com slash indie power if you want to tweet me and tell me i'm a horrible interviewer or whatever else you want to tell me feel free at phenomenal tld uh i'll be back here on this very network on tuesday uh travis and vick's drunken horror adventures talking scream uh yes that scream so anyway uh be back tuesday august 1st for the scream episode on travis and vick's all right everybody have a great day talk to you later for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.